Hey, everyone. We are continuing today with our Rhythms series. Uh, and uh, if you've missed the last few weeks, we've been uh, journeying together through working out what it looks like uh, and sometimes reminding one another what it looks like to be disciples of Jesus and what the kind of daily, weekly, uh, monthly, annual rhythms of our lives are that help us in our discipleship. Um, and we know that this isn't kind of a one-size-fits-all thing, but every week we've been exploring uh, different tools that we have in our toolbox to help us in our journeys of discipleship. Um, and today, Abby uh, last week complained in front of the whole church to you all that I keep giving her very difficult topics to preach on. Um, and she is actually right, completely right. And I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Actually, it's great training. She's in training, so it's fine. Uh, but I've given myself a difficult topic to talk about today. Um, and uh, the reason why it's a difficult topic is because it's something that none of us like doing. Um, I'm going to talk about fasting. Uh, and uh, the reason why I know that it's something that not many of us like to do uh, is because uh, as part of this series, I've been trying to make sure that we have people come and share each week about what th that particular rhythm means to them. And uh, I've asked many of you if you are someone who regularly fasts, and I've not found anyone. Um, but I have found yesterday, I was with the wonderful Anna chatting to her in the park, and she was like, oh yeah, I did do that once. Um, so I've asked her to come and share her quick story with us. Um, there may be some of you who regularly fast. Thank you, darling. What a good husband. Um, who regularly fast. <laughs> come on. Uh, there may be people in the room who regularly fast. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but anyway, Anna, why don't you tell us your quick story? Firstly, it absolutely does not need a clap. Um, <laughs> so the end of the story is that Alex and I are married. Yeah. So the story is Alex and I met maybe four years ago in October and I really fancied him and he had absolutely no idea and didn't take any of the hints that I was dropping. <laughs> so I was this heartbroken girl of however old. Oh... It was so annoying. So I was like, God, I really, really want to be with this guy. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to fast. So Chris, New Year's Eve, I decided not to fast. I decided to fast, not to eat. And if anyone knows me, I get really hangry. So I was like, no one come near me. Um, so I walked around Victoria Park and I didn't eat anything. And every time I felt hungry, I prayed. I was like, God, I really want to be with this guy. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I'm, I could try and play it up, basically. New Year's Eve was when we got together. <laughs> so, but I think that's the funny story. But the serious side is, I don't really fast. But I think, actually, something about fasting, in, in like the songs that we were singing this morning, shows a sincerity of heart and a, like, God, I really have nothing left here. And I love food. And it was a real, like, I can't do this and nothing else is going to work. And I'm really showing, I want to show you that I am humbling myself and showing God that I literally can't do anything else. So that's my story. Just the one. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. It's amazing. Um, hey, if you have other fasting testimonies. I'd love it if you would share them with the, with the group uh, following, following our gathering. Um, because fasting 
it's not a popular topic. Uh, it's something that I have a strong hunch that not many of us do, or at least not many of us do on a kind of regular basis as a rhythm uh, and as a spiritual discipline, as a regular practice. So uh, for us in this room, in this moment, this is definitely a a learning together moment rather than uh, me speaking to you from my wealth of experience. Um, but that being said, I could have easily decided to not speak about this uh, because I designed the you know, speaking program. So I could have just decided to avoid this topic altogether. But do you know, I think this is actually a very important tool in our toolbox of discipleship. Um, and Jesus thought it was important. Jesus spoke about fasting sort of in the same conversation, in the same breath as uh, praying and as, and as giving. Um, so it's something that we need to think about together. Uh, so let's challenge one another as we go through uh, to think about this. I'm going to particularly this morning talk about the spiritual practice of fasting from food. Um, but there might be other things in your life that um, you have as like real blockers that you feel like are things that you need to fast from uh, social media or you know, TV or whatever it is. Um, uh, but I'm going to particularly talk about fasting from food. And that means that uh, we need to start by saying that fasting, this is something that we can explore doing as disciples if it's possible for us. But if eating is something that is an issue for you, uh, either because of an eating disorder or a medical issue or because like, limiting food would be triggering to you because of past experiences or whatever, um, there's grace upon grace upon grace. Um, you know, that this is something that we get to enter into if it's possible for us in our discipleship, not something that we have to feel burdened by uh, if it's not. Because the absolute joy of the Christian discipleship journey, the absolute joy of following Jesus is that all of these rhythms that we talk about are things that we get to do if we're able to. Not things we have to do to make God love us or boxes we have to tick to call ourselves Christians. Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I wanted to set us up this morning uh, by sharing a reflection with you that absolutely blew me away recently. Uh, I've been reading this amazing book uh, by Jackie Hill Perry. It's called Upon Waking. Uh, it's a devotional, so it's just a, uh, you know, a couple of short pages every morning to read. Um, but I knew that my uh, sort of thinking about fasting was coming up. Uh, so when I opened the first page of this book uh, a week or so ago, this just sort of like smacked me in the face. Uh, it's an amazing book. If you um, want to uh, get it for yourself, I'm really, really enjoying reading it. But uh, she starts with this reflection. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11:24. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is such familiar language to those of us who are regularly in church. Jesus talks about himself as the bread of life. And he talks about his body being broken, just like bread at a meal. Jesus uses food, this bread, this vital bit of food that we have as a metaphor for himself. He's the true bread. And our souls are so, so desperately hungry for him. 
She says this, I just, I couldn't word it better, so I'm just going to say what she said. Upon waking, we are hungry for heaven, and yet we fill it with a scroll or many. As the day moves forward and the belly is still empty, we fill it again. When a person gives us a measure of love, a like, or a look. Before bed, this is the bit that got me. Before bed, the soul, if visible, would be skeletal. Barely able to stand on its own or smile with all of its teeth. The body who holds this almost dead thing feels alive because it depends on every other bread except the one the Father sent. This picture of Jesus as bread, Jesus talks about himself as bread. He's showing us that he is the nourishment and the sustenance that we all need in our daily lives. And yet we so quickly fill that hunger with other things in our lives. And what we're doing when we fast is we're allowing our flesh, we're allowing our body to remind us what's going on in our spirit. Because in our spirit, we are hungry for Jesus. And that hunger that we feel in our bodies when we, when we fast from food is there to remind us of the hunger in our spirit as we seek his presence. So, should we fast? I'm going to say yes. Uh, but there are no like direct biblical laws when it comes to fasting. Uh, our freedom in the gospel means that it's an opportunity for us to enter into, not a command that we need to follow. We get to fast whenever we want to. Uh, in Galatians, it says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So we don't have to, we don't have to fast, but if we can, many of us get to, because it's an opportunity that we have to enter into the spiritual discipline that helps us to seek the presence of God. But what's the point? What is it for? It's something that if you kind of grew up in church, you'll be familiar with that lots of people you may have heard about uh, doing. Uh, but why? What's it for? Well, just like all of these things, all these rhythms we've been discussing, first and foremost, it's to bring glory to God. It's to bring glory to God. Uh, Richard Foster, in his like, iconic book, The Celebration of Discipline, uh, which is a very good uh, accompaniment to this series, uh, if you want to read it, um, encourages us, let's not fall more in love with the blessings than the blesser. All of these rhythms that we get to do because of God's grace mean that blessings come into our lives. But let's remember not to fall in love with the blessings more than the blesser. All of this stuff, including fasting, is something that we do and think about in order to bring glory to God, to bring glory to his name. But there are secondary reasons. There are reasons to uh, get involved in it. And there's lots of people who fast in scripture that help us to understand why we might engage in this spiritual practice. It should be for a reason. Again, not something that we just do to kind of tick boxes, uh, but a reason. So what are some of the reasons um, that we might engage in fasting? Well, one of the most obvious uh, and sort of more iconic uh, parts, the things of examples of fasting um, are obviously Jesus uh, fasting in the desert in Matthew 4. 
Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is fasting to prepare for his ministry. So that's the first one, to prepare for ministry. There might be uh, moments in your life where you're about to step into something new. Um, I don't necessarily mean like church leadership new, but uh, there's lots of things that God calls us into in our work lives, in our neighborhoods, uh, and in the ways we serve in church. As we step into new things that God's calling us into, uh, Jesus sets the example of fasting uh, as a way to remember we can't live just by the things of the world, just by the flesh, but we need to live by the word of God that sustains us. We might also fast to seek God's wisdom on a particular uh, issue. Um, In Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas fast before they appoint elders in the church. It says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So if there's something, an issue that you would like God's wisdom on, something that you're wrestling with and you want to come to a peaceful answer, fasting is a great way to seek God in that. We might also fast out of grief. Uh, Nehemiah, in in Nehemiah, uh, it says he's just heard that the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. And he says this, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So in mourning, Nehemiah fasts and prays before God. Uh, And then also for repentance, In the story of Jonah, lots of you know, uh, will know the story of Jonah. Uh, God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh and to tell the people that uh, their lifestyle is going to lead to the destruction of their city because God is very unhappy. Uh, And famously, Jonah runs away uh, and ends up in the belly of a whale. And when he's spat out, uh, eventually, Jonah agrees that he will go to Nineveh uh, and and do the things that God has asked him to do. Um, And this is an amazing piece of scripture. I just want to read to you. Uh, it says, then the, Lord of the, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Uh, and it says again, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. So there's this city-wide fast because of repentance. The people hear the word of God and they fast and throw on sackcloth because they want to repent of the things that they've been doing. Uh, and, And then it says, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented. And did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. It's a bit like what uh, Anna was saying. You know, the the people were led to a place of humbling themselves, fasting in humility before God. And God relented and was merciful and gracious to them uh, as a result of their humbling of themselves through fasting. 
So those are some of the reasons we see in scripture that people fast. But what might it do for us if we choose to fast as a rhythm? I think the first thing that it might do for us is that it might begin to reveal in us the things in our lives that control us. It's easy for us to cover up what's really going on inside with, um, with food or with other good things, things that um, distract us, things of the world that keep our minds busy or keep us distracted from the things that are really going on in our hearts. But in fasting, we make ourselves more vulnerable and we give space for those things that are going on in our hearts to come up to the surface. Uh, in Psalm 69, David says, I humbled my soul with fasting. It's a way, a really practical way of, of humbling our souls. It might just be that anger, that bitterness, jealousy, fear. If they are there within us, if they're in our hearts, it might just be that they will come to the surface during fasting. And then we get to rejoice because we know that healing is available through Christ. We spend a lot of our lives, don't we, avoiding these difficult things coming up. We sort of self-medicate with uh, all sorts of different ways. But by humbling ourselves in this way, we allow those things to come to the surface in order that we might invite Christ to come and heal us. So it might reveal the things that control us. And it, what it will do for us is it will remind us that we are sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That Jesus is the bread of life. Food sustains us for a little while. But God is the one that sustains us. His word is the one that sustains us. And we get to sort of flip and change what really is going on. You know, we get to have great joy when we fast in the fact that, yes, we are hungry from food, but we are deeply nourished by the feasting that we are partaking in, uh, in Jesus as we meet with him and as we uh, dwell in his presence during the time that we've chosen to fast. You know, Jesus really was uh, feasting when he said that, really was nourished and sustained by the power of God. That's why uh, in Matthew 6, I'm going to come to that bit in a minute, but that's why in Matthew 6, Jesus tells people practically, uh, don't be miserable when you're fasting. Don't let everybody see that you're grumpy because actually we get to engage in something that is so joyful. We are joining in with the feast of heaven uh, as we fast and as we participate uh, in God's goodness and as we remember again that we are nourished by him and by his word. What else might it do for us? Well, fasting might also just help us a little bit to keep balance in our lives. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 says, All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. And uh, Richard Foster says this, Our human cravings and desires are like rivers that tend to overflow their banks but fasting helps to keep them in their proper channels. I really like that image. 
fasting helps to keep those rivers of things in our lives that tend to overflow their banks. The things in our lives that are sometimes actually good things, but maybe we overindulge in, or maybe we use them to uh, self-medicate, or maybe we uh, use them to sort of block or push down those feelings in our lives that we don't like, those parts of ourselves that we were rather not there. What fasting helps us to do is to put everything back in order to put God and his nourishment and his sustaining power right at the top again of our lives and everything else underneath so that those, uh, those cravings and desires don't burst their banks and overflow into the space where God is meant to dwell. Discipline, this is the kind of upside down kingdom. Uh, discipline, when we engage in it, these rhythms, when we engage in them, uh, can seem, when we talk about them, restrictive. But actually, they bring freedom. Discipline brings freedom because it puts everything in the right order. So, practically, what should we do? I think the first thing that I'm going to do, the first thing we should do is set an intention. Uh, Think about it. What does fasting look like in your life? What would you like it to look like in your life? Where does it fit in? Uh, Where are the moments in your life that um, would work well for you, either individually or maybe there's a group that you're part of, uh, a small group or a doc or uh, a small accountability group who it would be beneficial to to do it together with, to, to pick a date and to go for it together with. Set an intention Uh, And stick with it. Be accountable to those around you um, and share with a small few. This is what I'm going to do on this day. Uh, I'd love you to hold me accountable for that. Um, And I'd love to encourage you to start small as well. Um, I think it would be, it could be a little bit dangerous if you decide that the first fast you're ever going to do is a 40-day fast. Um, Please don't do that. (laughs) Uh, unless you feel the Lord strongly calling you uh, to do that. You know, maybe a good idea would be to start with, um, with, uh, with one meal. Or maybe you could fast like lunch to lunch, so 24 hours, but uh, most of that time you're sleeping, you're just missing two meals. Um, you know, start small because this is, um, this is a rhythm that we want to get into together that's going to feed our discipline, that's going to feed our discipleship, that's going to feed our um, journeying with Jesus. Um, but start small because doing that, just like anything, enables us to find joy in it. You know, it's just like starting to go to the gym. If you say, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go five times a week and I'm going to lift this amount of weight, and well, you're inevitably going to fail. Um, and then that's really discouraging. But if we start small and build up to it and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us in that, um, then we're setting ourselves up for success in this particular uh, rhythm. And uh, let me encourage you as well to think about really why you are doing it. You know, we talked about those different uh, reasons in the Bible that we saw. Is it that you're preparing for a particular ministry, um, a thing that you're about to step into that God's calling you to and you want to humble yourself and give give yourself to him in that way? Um, Is it that there's a particular issue that you want to wrestle with um, and come to terms with, come to a solution with God with? Um, Let me encourage you, that would be a really good time to fast or... um, or is there, are you mourning? Are you mourning because you're looking at the state of the world and you're thinking, I don't know how to pray. 
well, fasting might be a really good thing to do uh, to help us to pray. Um, and let's practically as well, if we're going to do this, let's take the time where we would be eating um, or we would be preparing food, um, which, oh my gosh, isn't that such a long amount of time every day? It's, uh, but that, so that's a good thing because if you're cutting that out for the day, then my goodness, what an amount of time we all of a sudden have. Um, let's use that time uh, that we would be preparing food or thinking about food or whatever. Um, let's use that to pray and to seek God. Let's use those hunger pangs to remind ourselves um, that God is with us and present with us and we can present our requests to him. Let's spiritually make use of the moments when we're going to do this. Not that we just get to the end of the day and go, phew, I've done it. I can eat a burger. No, let's, let's make use of every moment if we're going to do it um, and invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. Matthew 6. This is what Jesus said to the people uh, about fasting. And when you fast, he said when, when you fast... Uh, Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So let's take those words that Jesus has given us. Let's take great joy in the opportunity that we have uh, to enter into this rhythm, uh, that we might meet more deeply with God and that he might do that deeper work in us of changing us, of bringing those things to the surface that we've been uh, pushing down with all these other, all these other ways. Um, and let's keep it quiet as well. You know, I'd love to rejoice with you uh, after you've done your first fast. Um, but let's not uh, go into work and when people say to you, what you're having for lunch today is off. <sighs> you know, you know. <laughs> Let's not do that, okay? Uh, what Jesus is saying to the people is, you know, when you engage in this practice, engage in it with great joy because you are going to feast on me. You are going to feast on me as we, as we dwell together. Um, and, and I think... It's the most amazing thing when uh, we humble ourselves and allow God to move in our lives. It might just be that putting aside for a minute our pursuit of food and all the energy and all the thought it takes up will give us the space we need to seek nourishment from God, who is waiting there to give us good things. I'd love it if the band came up uh, to join me. I want to finish by telling you um, a story. Um, the king, this is so hard to imagine now, but um, in 1756, the king of Britain called for a day of solemn prayer and fasting um, because the French were threatening to invade. And this is what John Wesley wrote in his journal uh, on the 6th of February. It says, the fast day was a glorious day. Oh, the spirit's here. The fast day was a glorious day, such as London has scarce seen. Every church in the city was more than full, and a solemn seriousness sat on every face. Surely God heareth prayer, and I love this, 
and there will yet be a lengthening of our tranquility. What an amazing image that is. Imagine if that's what our fasting led to, that every church in the city was more than full with people taking seriously the call to pray and fast. And surely there will be a lengthening of our tranquility. I would love to see that in my life. Timmy has a question. He fasts. Come, Timmy. Timmy fasts. Woohoo! Share with us. You didn't ask me. <laughs> um, no, so I do fast, and I was just feeling quite challenged that, that some of us might need some encouragement on how um, kind of beneficial and impactful and, and easy it can be as well. Um, I fast once a month. I try and make it the first day of the month. Um, again, a little bit like tithing, kind of giving God that space of priority, um, no matter what day of the week it falls on. And, and it's funny, you're talking about being at work. Actually, it's been a bit of an evangelism opportunity in the, you know, oh, what are you having for lunch? Nothing, because I'm fasting today. <laughs> um, oh, well, why? And it, and it opens up a whole conversation. Um, but the kind of the rhythm and pattern that I go for is, is to kind of fast from the night before, so I won't have breakfast, I won't have lunch, and I'll ideally try and make it to about 8 p.m. before I break fast. Um, and during that day, just as Anna said, actually, the moments where you would typically be hungry and, and wanting to eat are great opportunities to pray. And, and, and not just pray by, you know, submitting supplications and requests to God, but also to listen. I spend a lot of time fasting, listening for, for God's guidance and, and for his word. Um, and just to give you some testimonies, like I've had some fantastic guidance from him in those moments. You know, the job I'm in now... Um, I felt very led to start kind of stripping away lots of what I was doing. So, you know, other business ventures and extra activities, God was saying, do less and, and give me more space. And if I hadn't done that, I A, probably wouldn't have got the job and B, definitely wouldn't have been able to do the job well because I would have been very distracted and head in lots of places. Um, but that direction really came from fasting. Um, and I've seen other miracles happen in, in other people's lives that, that have been amazing off the back of fasting. So um, just in terms of the day, uh, I'm sure a lot of us use um, Bible reading plans from, from the Bible app. And, and they're typically for like three or five days or, or they can be tending to, to go a bit longer. But I would encourage you to even use them in one day. So use like a three-day reading plan and at three different moments of the day, try and take that time to get into the word, hear from what God is saying in that, in that piece of scripture or in that, in that piece of guidance. Whether you're looking for wisdom or for you know, forgiveness or repentance, there are typically plans that are three to five days and you might be able to fit them into one day uh, and then really try and listen as well. Um, and then the meal at the end of the day is like the sweetest thing. Oh my gosh. Oh. But, um, but yeah, that last moment before you eat is always a really good time to take longer with God as well and really wrap the day up with a, a, a strong moment of prayer um, rather than just saying, thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for this meal. Dive in. Um, but yeah, lots of prayer and lots of listening as well. It's a really good time to listen. Yeah, please stand and we'll pray.
Our dear Heavenly Father, as we come into a place of humility before you, as we seek your face in all that we do, pray, Lord, that your guiding hand would be on our lives, would be on our patterns, would be on our rhythms, that everything we do would be according to your plans and purposes. And Lord, as we feel challenged or convicted or, or led to fast or not, Lord, I pray that you would move in that space. And the space that we create by denying ourselves would be filled up with more of you. You would move in power. You would show us your face. You would strengthen your relationship with us. And you would strengthen our ability to hear from you and be led by you. Fill us, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Amen.